Welcome to The Recurring Plot, presented by Curb and Turf. On this show, we interview agritourism farmers, authors, leaders, and influencers who share their insights on growing and monetizing your agritourism business. Here's your host, Dustin Reed. Hi, welcome back to The Recurring Plot. Today, we have a dynamic duo of Tom and Caitlin Morton of the Mortons on the Move joining us today. From leaving behind their stationary life in Michigan to becoming full-time travelers, their journey is nothing short but inspiring. We'll dive into their RV experiences, discussing their life as RVers, and a sneak peek of their newly released movie, Go North, which is available on their website, mortonsonthemove.com. So buckle up and get ready to explore the world on wheels with Tom and Caitlin. So how are you guys doing today? We're doing good. How are you, Dustin? I, I'm doing great. I'm excited because I'm going to let our audience know this is something that I, I actually been following you guys for a couple years now. And I'm really surprised when you guys came up. I was actually doing another interview and we talked about this before where uh, I just got the like the the schedule of you guys being on the podcast. So I, I was kind of like I was I was reacting during that podcast. So it was it's, it's really cool to have you on. So for for those that don't know you, can you kind of describe how you started your journey as becoming full-time RVers? Because it's a, obviously an interesting one for those that don't know. Sure. Well, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Tom. <laughs> and we, our last name is Mortons, hence uh, the Mortons on the move. So we have been full-time RVers since 2015. And we hit the road <laughs> from Michigan was our home point at the time. We had a house, we had cars, we had horses. And stuff and we just decided that that wasn't fulfilling for us anymore we were both in corporate jobs and we wanted to take a sabbatical we really didn't see this as being a long-term thing we were initially planning for just a year or two but we just fell in love with the travel lifestyle and worked our way to develop a business sharing that journey with everybody else who was interested and we haven't stopped yeah we didn't we didn't we didn't start off thinking that we were going to hit the road, though. Uh, we were just we wanted to make a change, and we were thinking of moving somewhere else to, to feel out something different. We just didn't know where that was or what it might be. But one thing we really did know is that we were really sick of, of the Michigan winters and particularly where we lived. It just didn't – we're very – we love being outdoors. We love the sun, and it just wasn't – it wasn't working out for us. And right now we're in Florida. We come down here – quite regularly in the winter time because the weather is pretty great and we were in florida at the time visiting family and we flew back to michigan landed in detroit in a blizzard and had to drive two hours home in said blizzard and we were like why did we come back <laughs> we were like why should we should have just stayed in florida and we kind of just started spitballing this concept of like, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could just like move with the seasons, you know, it, it, there's got to be a job or something out there that we could do where we could, you know, be south in the winter, be north in the summer, kind of have the best of both worlds. And that's when we drove by an RV dealership. Yeah, I turned to Caitlin. And I said, aren't those things like homes on wheels? You could drive it south. And by the time we got home, we had decided we were going to buy one of those RV things that we knew very little about and and go travel. And that's uh, and it really was like t within two hours we had gone yeah. from like you know being miserable landing and going back to our you know stationary life with our house and our 
careers and stuff and we were like nope we're we're selling it all we're hitting the road <laughs> took about a year and a half but we we did it and life's been an adventure ever since <laughs> i think i'd imagine that'd be the toughest part just because you're selling everything right and then you're downsizing to basically your you know the the essentials so what was the the hardest part of just downsizing or or was it or was there any hard part of in that journey of just kind of becoming you know it's taking that leap massively difficult yeah. <laughs> it's incredibly difficult and when we first started this we thought we would take everything with us well we, we thought we would take a lot of stuff as much as us. we could so we bought the biggest rig we could a big toy hauler fifth wheel with a garage in the back and, and we, we loaded it up we loaded it up we <laughs> packed a motorcycle in it i was flying paramotors at the time so i had this flying machines in it we were going to take everything with us yeah and then you know we learned the pretty common mistake of our veers is that we were way way too heavy way too heavy <laughs> we, and first time we pulled it we, we just <laughs> felt the truck was just like no so we actually put it on a scale at one point mm -hmm. you know those trucker scales you see on the yes. side of the road not the, yep. pu the pu public ones but like a cat scale at a, a yep. fuel station or something and we realized we were just way I'm overweight saying. on everything so so downsizing was several iterations for us <laughs> so you put it that way and it's very difficult because you're like letting go of things that you've accumulated in your life you know we didn't have as much as many other people you know who are older than us when they decide to hit the road but it was still difficult but you know it was just kind of this reminder of like hey you know this is this is very intentional we weren't happy with all of this stuff this wasn't bringing us joy so letting it go is very cathartic and part of that transition yeah because i think there's a common a lot of misconceptions about stuff bringing you joy and and a lot of it has to really do with your experiences in life and your experiences you know especially as a couple or and as as an individual so it's really cool that you guys you know really discovered that and it kind of really hones in on you know that these are because it's just stuff right it's just you know it's really it, you know it's going to come and go it's going to you know but those yeah. those memories that you guys make are priceless and it's but you know in, in of itself keeping i'm sorry i have a dog on my lap <laughs> moving around this stuff we've really discovered that one way to retain that emotional connection to mm -hmm. stuff is just to take a picture of it right before you get rid of it and uh occasionally we scroll back in our old photos and we we did that with a lot of the stuff that we got rid of from our house and mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to look at those things and even though i know those things are gone now i still get that same mental like feeling of, oh i own that thing and it didn't brought me joy at the time but uh we don't have to basically deal Carry with it, it around. <laughs> anymore so that, that's been kind of a little trick that, that we've used a lot in our, our downsizing um which has worked out well for us yeah that's really great that's because you guys have like you've gotten from smaller, smaller, and then I think you've got you've gotten bigger re recently, right? And so it's just kind of like you guys kind of have this spectrum, which is great because then you could speak on, you know, because you guys done overlanding, so you've you've done quite a, you know, you've traveled all around the world, been to Canada, Europe, New Zealand, Mexico, I believe, right? And and so you guys, you know, have been living this nomadic lifestyle that's kind of shaped your perspective and on how you travel and and live and what i think what's kind of has that always just kind of been an inspiration well i mean to be perfectly honest there are times where we're like 
not super jazzed about living on the road and it, or like the traveling just gets exhausting. And so we, it, it took, it's taken us quite a while, but we've kind of realized that, you know, let me just back up and say that for the first two years of our full-time RV life, look nothing like our current full-time RV life. So those first two years, you know, we did kind of have the mentality of like, this is going to be a one to two year thing. So we have to cram everything in these one or two years. And we put on so many miles and we, I mean, we didn't, I don't think we stayed in one place for longer than a week or two, like max. But it was amazing. Yeah. We, we, we were experiencing the world like we'd never seen before. Yeah. But, you know, to do that kind of, to, to actually live this way, like we were, that was not sustainable for us. So we did kind of fall into this pattern of, you know, what do we need? You know, there were things that we missed, you know, family, friends, back home, like a home space. So we've kind of figured out over the years what we need. And I think that's really important for anybody who is dreaming about the full-time RV life is that it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna be sustainable to, you know, go a hundred percent all the time. So we've really kind of figured out like, okay, we like being stationary for a couple of months at a time. And then by the end of that, you know, maybe two, three months, we are so itching to travel again. And then we travel like crazy for two, three months, maybe more. And, and then we're exhausted again. And we have to sit down and stay in one place for two or three months. But so being in the RV and pretty much ready to go at any moment allows us to fulfill that whim of, of travel right. kind of again, as it, as it hits us. But, but we're, we're on a piece of property that, that we own in Florida and we've got one in Michigan too. So we've got these home bases yeah. that we can seasonally be at. And then the adventure can happen in between. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the travel, the travel itself though, has inspired us to want to travel even more. Mm -hmm. the, the first couple of years on the road, like we said, we thought it was just going to be a kind of a shorter term thing. But the things we experienced, the places and the people we got to meet, and it, it, it taught us something that you can't learn without travel, without physically going somewhere new, mm -hmm. meeting new people, new cultures, new everything. And I, I feel like it's, we just feel like it's missing if we can't do that semi-regularly. Right. So travel, travel spawns more travel. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, like at the, if we sit still for any length of time, we start getting the bug again and we were then planning the next trip. Or I mean, honestly, we've got trips planned for the next like two, three years of like places we want to go. So there's, when we talk about like settling down or anything, it's always kind of like a, well, then we'd have to give up all of those dreams and we're just not ready to do that. Right. So we're, we're still traveling. <laughs> that's great. That's, that's awesome. I love what Tom was saying that you basically get to have that adventure in between, in between that, which is something really cool to think about. And a lot of people do that with snowboarding, obviously, where, yeah. you know, they're experience, experiencing the same thing you are with seasonality and stuff like that. Just that's pretty common with full-time RVers. What I mean, you guys mentioned some advice earlier. I, I love the idea of just taking a photo of something, especially have an emotional attachment of. That's a really, I love that advice. Is there any other advice that you give for someone considering, you know, full-time RVing, like doing this lifestyle? What other advice would you give? Oh, there's probably like a million things that we could <laughs> we say. We have an entire, <laughs> entire website about <laughs> this. <laughs> there's so many things. I think one of the things... It, it, it's easier said than done the first year or two, but, you know, really 
to set yourself up for not getting burnt out. I think a lot of people hit the road, you know, with this, you know, idea in their head of what it's going to be like. And to avoid burnout was something we had to learn the hard way. It's like, you need to give yourself time, you know, stay in a place for probably a day or two longer than you think you're going to need to explore it. Take longer to get to that place, you know, in a car, you can knock out a nine hour drive, but in an RV, oof, that's, that's rough. So like drive two, three hours, stop, stay the night, maybe stay two, three nights and then keep going. Cause otherwise it's, 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 it's your, it's RV living. It's not trips. You know, it's not a road trip. And right. I think the adrenaline push on a trip and like cramming everything in is a much different feeling than living an RV lifestyle and like taking your time and going slow and seeing the, the places in between the destinations. That's really where we've had a lot of joy in our travels is slowing down and you finding something that's like you would have never found if you hadn't stopped at that little town for a little while. And it's a town you've right. never heard of. And oh my gosh, they've got like this really cute, you know, orchard or this brewery or this winery or this antique store. And you, you know, you make memories out of things that you never even knew existed in the world. I think yeah. uh, the, the piece of advice that, that I would, I would uh, give as well is that you also have to be prepared for the the mechanical side of of RVing. <laughs> RVs are they're just they're. I think people have gotten used to sort of the reliability of our automobiles and such. And an RV is nothing <laughs> like that. It's it's the combination of a house strapped to a a chassis that's barely welded together, kind of a thing. They have problems, and I think you have to be prepared for that and expect that you are going to have tire problems, engine problems, drivetrain issues. And I think some people get into it not expecting these things or <laughs> expecting their RV to last like their car. And that can really, really ruin it. And if you if you don't have, you don't have to be a super mechanical aptitude type person, but you have to be willing to at least dive into these issues as they arise because they will arise. Yeah. I, I we, we love to tout this lifestyle, but uh, I will by no means say yeah. that an RV is a, a solution to all your problems. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna it, get- It comes with its own set of challenges yeah. for sure. We were actually just in, we visited Elkhart, which is uh, RV capital, USA, mm -hmm. uh, pretty much all the big manufacturers are there. And we did a couple of tours and we were just thinking like, you know, this would be really great for anybody who's wanting to full-time RV because, you know, you actually see how the wires are run, how the floors are built so that when there is a problem, you actually have a mental image of the skeleton of your RV and you maybe at least know the components enough to know where to start looking and secondly do a lot of research on what you're going to put together because these things are i mean the dealer probably doesn't really know the best setup for your truck trailer combo and things like that and we know a lot of people that have hit the road with the wrong set we did right we were overweight we had the wrong truck and trailer right. and to be honest when we hit the road the trucks aren't as powerful and big as they were today yeah. but a lot of people will get on the road and something will be wrong they'll be overweight weight and that will cause even more problems yeah. because and to be honest most of these rvs are not designed to be lived in full-time and right. and living in them full-time wears them out puts too much weight and stress on them and it causes even more problems which is such a huge bummer because then a lot of people get 
disenchanted by the lifestyle and they go home brokenhearted or or they've thought like, okay, I just sold my house. I've gotten rid of all of the things that were important to me for this. And that's, that's like, nobody wants that to happen. And, and we, we, you know, it, it makes us so sad when people tell us that, like they've just had struggle after struggle and they weren't, you know, expecting all of those challenges. Fortunately, for me, Tom's an electrical engineer. He's he's extremely handy. So I brought my mechanic with me on this journey, which was very, very smart in hindsight. We literally but. disassembled one of our RVs down to the engine and the chassis. And I mean, it was not that that's a common thing. Don't let me, don't let me say that. Right. But I'm, we're willing to like really dive into the issues. Yeah. So. Right. And you have the experience to do that or the know-how at least. And then I love, and I love your suggestion, Kate, of just just spent taking your time. And cause I think a lot of people, especially if they're doing vacationing, they're just, you know, it never feels like a vacation, especially in your, you're in an RV and you're mm -hmm. just stressed for time. You're stressed for everything else. Take time to explore the in-between. I think yeah. that's and a lot of times, is. you know, those are the places that, like I said, you, you find unexpected experiences that can be even more important than, you know, oh, hey, we're going to Disney World for a week, you know, and, you know, that's our big thing. But it's like, oh, on the way to there, we stopped at this little town and we found this really cute coffee shop or the, and, and like, that's the memory that. Or even like, natural places, state parks, yeah. community parks. Oh. There's, there's just incredible things that aren't really on anyone's radar and it, it can be, it, it can be an amazing experience. Like I know, Dustin, you're, you're in Idaho, Idaho was such a surprising state to us because, you know, I think anyone not from Idaho or hasn't been to Idaho thinks like potatoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> like well, They grow potatoes there, but then you go there and you're like, oh my gosh, the Rocky Mountains take up this entire state. Snake River Valley. And the Snake River and, Valley uh, and like the, oh my gosh. the <laughs> National Monuments. <laughs> we could go stuff. on and on about the in-between in Idaho that we, we just love. We stayed in between Grand Teton National Park, which, you know, oh. is a big you know, draw for a lot of people and yeah. Idaho Falls, you know, along the Snake River for like a week and a half. And it was just Magical amazing. Experience. It was amazing. But most <laughs> people consider it the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Most people would want to be like in the national park. But like when right. I think of our stay at Grand Teton, it was like, oh my gosh, we were cramming in all these hikes and all this stuff. And yes, it was gorgeous. But then like you go outside of that area, just an hour and plunk down and you're just in this beautiful wilderness and it's so peaceful. And like, that's the memory that I have from that area. Like, yeah, I'd go back to Grand Teton and Yellowstone in a second, but right. I would also be definitely going to that spot we found on the Snake River and just chilling yeah. out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's cool that you guys have those experiences because I, we, as an Idaho, we try to keep it a secret, right? Because I mean, that's kind of like sorry, the... <laughs> spilling the beans here. No, that's no, no, it's good because I think everyone knows now because everyone, almost all of California, moved to Idaho. Not all of California. Oh no, but it's <laughs> <laughs> just good. I mean, I mean, it's great because it it gives it the exposure that the state should get, and then it's it ends up kind of being that corridor to Yellowstone. You know, all this because obviously your experience. You could probably say this for um almost probably almost 50 states at, at this point in some countries and you know which is cool and these is like your rolodex of, of memories that you have on file you traveled internationally and i don't think a lot of people with rvs you know and a lot of people never done that so what 
if someone's looking to do something like that, what would be something you'd share with those unique challenges in traveling internationally with an RV or what kind of been your experiences with that? So we were fortunate enough to um, be able to go with some friends who had done it before. So I think that is also, if you, if you know somebody who has done it before or has been to that, at least been to the country before to kind of go with you, that that's always like a nice gateway in. Particularly if there's a language barrier. Particularly. But like, so for our first international experience, we went to New Zealand. Well, and... we went to Canada first. We well, I suppose. <laughs> and we crossed the border ourselves. I'd say <laughs> and that, that one was pretty, yeah, we, that border, one was. Border countries are, are kind of an, an easy way to dip your toe into Absolutely. it a little bit. You can take your own RV. Um, and Canada is gorgeous. Like probably same thing as like Idaho. Like once you get north, like especially BC, we did first. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. it's just gorgeous up there. Yep. And everybody's very friendly and they speak English and so you, you sort of easier. start learning like, okay, what's a, what's a border crossing look like? What do we, what are, what are the things we have to learn and do for that? And then, uh, you know, Mexico is another challenge. It's a, it's a, a little bit the language. Uh, yeah. You got the language. language There's a little bit more paperwork to cross the border and stuff, but t- to be honest, it's still really pretty simple to travel in Mexico with your, with your RV and stuff like that. But then like to go overseas and like do a rental, we've done New Zealand and Europe. Now, New Zealand was an interesting challenge because we were driving on the other side of the road and the other side of the vehicle, which was fun. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, that was pretty easy because they all spoke English, very awesome accented English. And you can lean on the rental companies to yes. sort of like learn a lot of things. Uh, we actually mm-hmm. learned a lot of really kind of the neat out of the way things and stuff from the rental company because they want you to have a good time yeah. as well. I um, think what happened, we realized when we were doing New Zealand is I think when you go and and you fly into a place, you, you can't or maybe even you rent a car, but you're kind of like um, you have a base and you have to just go off from that that home base area. And what we found with the RVs is like you bring up a map and you see a squiggly road that looks like it would be an interesting drive and you just do it and you end like, up somewhere else for the next night and your home's on your back. So like, oh, hey, that didn't turn out the way that I wanted. So we'll just kind of improvise here. It, it allows for a lot of improv travel, which we have grown to really love. Just like we're just going to go explore. We're going to just go drive and see what's here. And you never know what you're going to find. And that's really that's really fun for us. I guess it's a great way to wing it, even <laughs> even internationally. Yeah. And then uh, going to uh, a country where there's there's really much more of a language barrier. France or like when we've traveled Spain. Europe. I, th- I think it's kind of like a working up to it sort of a thing. Yeah. It would be my recommendation. Maybe, you know, have traveled a little bit international outside of that because it, it really is just kind of, it's more of a mental hurdle than anything. Having that conversation with somebody that you just do not speak any of the same language, you know, learning how to do that communication. It's just like any other form of travel, except when you're on the road, you're going to be more into the real the rural areas, uh, the in real between. country, yeah, not in just the touristy area. So you are definitely going to run into People situations where very well. <laughs> someone rarely sees an American tourist, right? Which at first was terrifying for us. And it just, it's just something you just kind of have to get over. You just have to blunder through. <laughs> and yeah. as you get better about it, it's really, I think it's mainly just kind of like take cues from the locals 
and be, be as respectful of their culture as you can. Just try not to step on their toes, if you will, and be humble. And most of the time, people are just going to totally come out of their shells to, to help you and stumble through it. And we've found that a lot of people actually kind of enjoyed stumbling through conversations with us. And maybe they know a few words of English. So it's, you know, right. it's a little back and forth. And I do also want to add that right now, I mean, or I guess not right now, but nowadays it's, I think it's much easier because you have things like Google translate where you can hold the phone up and it'll translate enough of what someone mm -hmm. else is saying into English words that you'll be able to understand and you'll be able to communicate, even if there's like no, you know, back and forth, like you don't know any of their language they don't know any of yours. And like you, there, there are tools now to enable or help facilitate that, which is really fun to me. Yeah. Just learn the, learn the basics, you know, je ne peux pas français or whatever. <laughs> I, hang on, translator, you know, pull it out. And, and, then, and then you can, you can get, and, and it works really, really well. So right. it's, it's totally doable almost a, anywhere in the world these days. We had a back and forth with a guy in, cause Tom's phone broke while we were in Switzerland and we were oh. trying to get it fixed and the guy at the store spoke zero English. And so they were having this entire phone repair conversation through the, <laughs> the translator. And it, we were like, this is awesome. You know, it sucks that our, the phone's dead right. and stuff, but it was just really great because he was, you know, once he realized that we didn't speak his language, he just pulled out his phone and he started <laughs> talking into it. We're like, okay, we're doing this. And we, and we figured it out. Yeah. I, I, think, I, think, I think it's the cool. biggest thing is, you know, try try like don't assume and and do your best effort and i think most people you'll run into will understand and try to get there with you right because that's been my biggest surprise especially when traveling is just how much how people are just willing to help and and then sometimes you just have to be willing to accept that help because there's some people are just you know not as i guess humble or whatever you know whatever it is but once you get past that and and just realize just to have fun let your guard down and just let the yeah. moment happen i mean that's that's really what comes down that you create those memories like you guys are talking about even something simple as just you know getting your phone repaired and not knowing the language and that that in itself is just something that's just i i just love that that there's just those moments where it's just kind of stuck in just it's just an experience now it's going to be something that you could you know tell on a podcast or like it, it's really <laughs> cool you know I think that one thing travel has really taught us, and I can say this all day long, but unless you've actually been to these places and actually physically inject yourself in somewhere, you, you start to realize that the, the, some, the, 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 the outside of what you're comfortable with isn't necessarily any more dangerous or scary. It's these, these aren't bad people out there. They're not trying to harm you, which is, which is what it feels like a lot of people kind of feel like might be or are afraid of, but uh, everywhere you go, we all want the same things. We are all human at our core and they are more similar to you than you will ever realize until you actually go there. And if, if you feel like the people in your neighborhood are great, I guarantee you that the, the, the people in Taiwan are just as great, but unless you're there and physically interacting with them, it's, you, you just like, it, it might seem scary, but just give it a shot and you'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, you would. I, I, yeah, I love that advice because that's something, you know, like 
people, we're all human beings, like you're saying, and, and we all have different life experiences and we can really learn from one another and pull from their experiences. And, and, and it's really cool. I really, you know, if, if someone's not really RVing travel, you know, experience different cultures, even when you're RVing, you're doing that, you know, you're going to these different places. You're, you're experiencing even different cultures within the United States. Right. And I think in regards to it being RV travel versus some other form of travel, why we love this style of travel is because we have all of our stuff in one place and coming with us. You know, we're not always looking for a new hotel. We're not always looking for a new place to stay. And there's no moving of luggage back and forth, back and forth, which logistically can wear you out. You know, you unpack into the RV one time and then that's it until you unpack and go home, which I think it it makes the place familiar enough that when you get back to the RV at, at night after having a day of exploration, you know, it is safe. It is familiar. It feels good. And you can kind of just relax instead of like, oh, I'm in a new place, you know, and it, in my mind, it like it, it eases that stress a Even little bit more. So yeah. I, I loved it internationally because there wasn't that logistical thing. It was mm. OK, it's easy. I get it. This is my space. And I can take a break and you could just like right. take a day to just chill out too. You know, you don't mm-hmm. have to feel like, oh, I'm missing out on everything. It's like, oh no, I, I, I can just, I can be in a cool new spot and I'm still kind of in my house, my little house. Right. So I think RVing, especially for people who may have some reservations about inter- international travel, it might actually, they might find it easier that way to have all their stuff with them at any time and you know there is a little bit of safety and familiarity with that yeah that's great because i mean you guys i mean you guys evolved obviously like you've you've done you know your travel vlogs so basically full-length documentaries having uh even a a tv show being you know uh on prime video and uh discovery channel i've saw it on pbs um so how is the like how's that digital kind of evolution impacted your outreach with the RVing community? How has it like changed you guys as you know just your experience all all together? And that's kind of a loaded question. That's a lot of you sure, could choose from. Sure, that's kind from, of like but... a, a story because uh, we've been doing <laughs> right. this a while. But Tom was the one who told me he's like, I want to start doing like vlogs and like. To be frank, when we started off, like we were not thinking we were going to do a YouTube channel. I was going to do like some light blogging so that parents and friends at home could see what we were doing. But then Tom got this idea. He's like, we, we should do a video blog, you know, like Casey Neistat, you know, do like daily vlogs and but stuff. But it was, it was for the same purpose. It was just for us. It, yeah, it so started off as like, okay, we're going to share these videos with friends and family. And so we just started doing the YouTube. We were, you know very small and we were just doing really our thing <laughs> do not go back and look at some of our our first stuff it's it's not great but we just started doing this and you know it was it was fun it was something to do we shared our adventures our misadventures and we went around the country we went to quartzite as you mentioned before <laughs> and met up with some other people who were youtube in it and and then you know you started doing collaborations you know like any youtuber these days like you do collaborations you do projects you try to ask companies to like you know do reviews and stuff and so it was like all the 
small little building blocks of getting this channel off the ground. And when we decided that we wanted to keep traveling, we were like, oh, we kind of need to actually do it, not just for fun. And then somehow we got wrapped into doing the RV Nomads movie, which was another story for another day, but it was basically a documentary about the RV uh, full-time lifestyle. And that kind of uh, it was a feature LA. film plus a very mm -hmm. large festival that we put together. Yep. Um, but that kind of grew our channel a bit. And then after that, we landed a project with Lance Campers out in California. They do a lot of truck campers and travel trailers. Mm -hmm. And we had pitched to them an idea of borrowing one of their truck campers to go north to Alaska. And that... I, I, I kind of can't believe they said yes, but they did. And we we really worked hard to put together a, a series around that, like a really professional looking series. A lot of the cinematic stuff Tom learned from working on that RV Nomads movie. And we kind of poured ourselves into that series. So it's called Go North and it's on our uh, YouTube channel and on our website. And doc it's a 20 episode series that documents our entire travels up to Alaska, to the Arctic Ocean, all the way to Tuktoyaktuk -tuk in Canada. And that whole thing really launched us pretty, pretty good. And it was right about that time that we were starting that journey that we met up with the producers of the RVers, which is on PBS and Discovery Channel and Destination America, and we joined the RVers TV show. So like all of that was happening at the same time. So it kind of all catapulted around in 2019. And that was when it really hit us like, wow, we're we're really reaching a lot of people where we have all these opportunities that we never thought that we'd have before. And so we did five, we've done five seasons of the RVers. And right now we're launching, we just launched a movie cut of our Go North series. So instead of having to watch seven and a half hours, 20 episodes of Alaska, people can now watch it in just an hour and a half. That so was a lot. That's kind of the background <laughs> of our digital series and movie making experience. But I guess I kind of wanted to give that background before no. if, if anybody didn't know before we said it any it's quite the cv it's it. quite the you know it's like the that's it's awesome because just because you guys that's one of the reasons why a lot of people especially in the community look up to you guys you guys really complement each other well obviously and then you provide so much value to your your audience and to the rv community i think that's really huge and not only that you're not only providing information but you provide entertainment and it's it's not a lot of people could see that. Yeah, I think our, our, our kind of, my, my, the motto in my back of my head has always been, well, once we kind of started doing this really with the intention to sort of reach an audience that would be interested in it, it really is to educate, inspire, and entertain. And the, the, the education, we always want to throw sort of an education piece into it because we do, we have we have accumulated a vast knowledge of this form of travel and the technical around it. And while I, I just cannot share everything in, in video and written content while we try, we try. It, it's it, the, the, the inspiration is like, if you even have the remote interest in, in travel, I just, we just love for people to give it a shot, like test it out because it really is 
so rewarding and it's changed us in such incredible ways. But then finally the, the entertaining side of it. Yeah. We, we, that's, that's been a little bit of a passion of mine. I love cinematography. I love a well shot piece and well, I don't have the energy to do that all the time. Sometimes I really do like to try to put something together that's fun to watch and, and is going to actually entertain you. So, yeah, it's so if you, if anybody watches the go North movie or the go North series, you'll see there's probably just as much B roll as a roll and in, in in video speak, A-roll is like your main stuff where like somebody's on screen talking, but the B-roll is all of the like environmental shots, like with these, these grass, you know, waving in the wind or, you know, this driving shot, you know, up over this hill or anything like that. And, you know, just to think, like it, we had so many people on that trip ask us like if we were film, traveling with a film crew <laughs> and it was just us. And so Tom's always been into drones he flies, you know, the Mavics and he even does FPV, which is for first person right. view, the really fast ones. And so like, you know, there's drones, there's cameras, there's, there's 360 camera shots and a lot of our stuff. And it's like, we always are getting new camera gear, new drones and stuff. And, and so like, there is like a passion behind it to, to make it look like that. And, you know, we were required to do that. You know, you can shoot everything on a cell phone these days, but you know, I think that's one of the things that I love most about the go North series and the go North movie is, you know, the time and the passion that Tom put into it for that cinematic eye to really try to make it something more than just a vlog. And, you know, there are other creators out there that are just doing amazing stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and when you find somebody who like does pulls in the music, pulls in the audio, pulls it all together. And like, it's amazing what people are doing these days. And, you know, that's the exciting creator part of, of doing YouTube and, and, this lifestyle is kind of you always have something to shoot and you can make it look really really pretty and tell a really compelling story so that's really what inspires us sometimes to just go to the next level yeah yeah I, and i invite anyone that's listening to this or watching this episode go go to their website go to mortons on the move.com you could actually watch that documentary movie the go north series on their website like Kate saying it really comes out on that series, like all the shots that Tom or you guys are doing, because like you're saying, you, you, you guys go the extra mile and you guys try to, you know, make it, it's just so inviting talking about earlier, Kate, where you're able to have your home or you have your home base and, and have familiar familiarity within your RV or you have your routine or you're able to, to just kind of decompress. You're not, you know, you have your safe space, like you're saying earlier. And, and another thing is that anyone that's looking for any resources on, they have tons of resources on their website. Again, I can't say enough about their website. It's really cool. And what, what inspired you guys? To, I know like the, you know, it's a way to make money, but what, what's kind of the, been the overall motivation of your, your website, Morton's on the move. Com. Same, the same thing, educate, inspire and, and entertain. And you're going to find all of that on the website. We, we write, we write articles that are strictly educational. We write articles that are strictly entertainment and uh, all of them. We try to put a little bit of everything in. I hope that you're going to learn something in, in everything that we write. And I think that the, the, the website actually has been a way to really increase our production of content because we can write 
way faster and way more than we can possibly produce a video. If anyone's tried to produce a video, it is an enormous amount of effort from the what, actual... What's the rule of thumb? What's it like? Three hours of editing for every... Every hour of shot. <laughs> two minutes of <laughs> or, shot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it's absurd how much time you put into it. You know, it. when you pull in the audio files and, and the, 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 the transitions. shorts and... today have sort of changed that a little yes. bit. We can shoot and put it right up. And we're starting to kind of get into that a little bit more. Yeah. But it's just kind of a, it's a different avenue. I love to put the immense amount of time into a video shoot, but I just can't. I just don't have the 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 effort or the time, the, yeah. the capacity. Yeah. So the website has really been a way to increase the production of our of all that content. And we've got a pretty large email subscriber list and we just sort of love, we love to share with them. So yeah. we hope that if you're interested, you could you'd subscribe over there as well. We, we, send, we send out almost, it's an option, but we do send out almost a daily email with, with new information, something that hopefully fits all those things, education, yeah. inspiring and entertainment. Yeah, I think that's great. And then again, you're the movie, you guys just released that on the 24th, right of December. And that's yep. also available on the website, yep. tons of information. One thing I do want to ask as well, it's kind of a, cause you know, you guys have been doing this for eight years, going on eight years, going on <laughs> it's going it's been a while going on nine going on nine, going on yeah. nine. we're in our nine so what so what kind of what's kind of i know that you guys because with with me doing anything creative i i sometimes will just kind of i'll feel like i can't do this anymore right and i'm sure you've probably got i, I don't know if you want to call it creative's block or whatever i'm sure you guys get the burn same out. routine over you get burnout <laughs> yeah. okay so how what kind of things do you guys do to overcome that or what what's kind of been your secret sauce to kind of overcome any kind of burnout with whether it's YouTube traveling? I mean, those are different subject matters, but what kind of yeah. what's kind of been your motivating factor, I guess? I would say, I mean, we've kind of shifted where we pour our energy over the years. So definitely in 2019 with Go North, we loved that project, but we totally burned ourselves out on it. And then um, we moved right into the RVers, and then we which moved we, into the, we, it was, which, it was different. Yeah. Right? So, right. so as long as we have like a different project coming up behind something. It, and working for a, TV is different. So yes. uh, it kind right. of brought that, that excitement back a little bit and then shifting attention to the blog we kind of poured ourselves into the blog then and and that medium and then so now we're kind of coming back to youtube a little bit more right now that's kind of where we're a little bit more excited we've got an upcoming trip this year we're hoping to go to the canadian maritimes which is kind of like an echo of you know our go north trip except it's going to be like northeast because every whenever we were driving the dempster highway in canada up to tuktuk on the arctic ocean everyone we met on that road was like have you driven the labrador highway and we were like no but it's now on the list so like that's what we want to do this year is drive the labrador highway over in the maritimes and and kind of maybe create an echoed series from that. I, I don't want to put any, hmm. you know, <laughs> commitments on Tom that he's not ready to take on. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if we could do kind of a, a, a revitalize that, I think that would be exciting. But just, just you know, changing up the project, changing up the, the trip, finding something else that's really exciting to work towards. We also spun up another website all about pets, which is my passion, is I love pets. We've got two dogs that travel with us everywhere. And it's kind of a way for me to 
get work on that passion. So it's kind of like, you know, okay, what's, what's exciting right now and how can we kind of incorporate that into our, our business model? Cause we've, we've definitely felt the burnout several times doing this and we always kind of just divert and then get refueled by something else. Yeah. And I guess the, for the travel side of it, the same thing. We've we've made so many changes to our travel. We traveled in our our original, well, our second fifth wheel for many many years, and we we were very content with it. But after our Alaska trip, we realized we wanted more off road capabilities, more overlanding type capabilities. Right. So, but we weren't ready to do that full time. <laughs> so, so we built out uh, an an overland truck camper, and that that the fifth wheel. That's been yeah, and that's been an adventure. There's actually a, a mini series. I think only three episodes about that on our website or on our YouTube channel, and a lot of overland stuff on our website as well. So it's it the the changes in our travels inspire new content as well, mm-hmm. and we learn new things. And it it it'll, so we, we write about a lot of these things, but we kind of want to try it all physically yeah. first personally. So we're it's giving us an opportunity to sort of test these different waters and, and go different routes in our, our content as well. So, well, but- and, and so our next kind of other big project, what it was this summer was we're building a off-grid camp <clears throat> up in Northern Michigan because we kept the fifth wheel, we've got the truck camper, and then we moved into this. This is a <clears throat> 45 foot diesel pusher motor home. Our friends say we have a RV problem. They threaten interventions. <laughs> I, I think we have three RVs and no we house. Have three RVs and no house. <laughs> but we, we are building like an off grid camp. It's got like a shipping container and mm-hmm. a, a RV port shelter for us to store all of our accumulated toys. <laughs> so maybe what we talked about at the beginning downsizing, we really haven't yep. mastered that yet. <laughs> We're kind of swinging back the other way now. But, you know, what? that was a really yeah. exciting thing for us to start working on is this like camp idea. And then like we can have this little home base that's ours and we can leave stuff there and kind of pick the vehicle for the adventure. Because, yeah, that's something that we never see going away. Right. I think that's just wise because you have to you change you how much you guys are. You guys are so open to different changes, but you guys, you know, you have to you keep it lean to where you need it to because you guys are constantly changing as well and and it sounds like you guys have you know future plans to do other things one thing i want to mention because this is something we're passionate about is because we want to provide experiences for a lot of rvers out there so that's curb and turf's the one that we're that's the company i work for we we basically we provide rvers a night to stay it's basically like a Airbnb for rvers and that that way they could stay the night and then um landowners could basically they get 85% 85% of any um, nightly stays and, and they offer different, we have what's called like a la carte options. So they, if someone has like a, if they offer breakfast or some kind of lesson, they, they, they're able to have some kind of experience on their, their property as well. So that's something that we've been passionate about is just providing that to our viewers. And cause it's been this, really this cool mix of people that want to share their land and, and obviously people that need places to stay. So it's really been a cool niche that we've found where a lot of people are having these cool experiences. I think one of the really cool things about what you guys are doing and, you know, what, what has happened in the space since we started 
full-time RVing? Is there just so many more options for places to stay, different technologies to use to find things that you need to find on the road, new apps? Which to um, some extent is, is needed because yeah, when we did hit absolutely. the road, there was almost a, a glut of campsites and excess because so many years ago, full-time RVing has always been a thing. We'll just say that. And RVing has always been a thing. But I think the the kind of the capacity and number of RVs on the road were really balanced for a while. Yeah. But then as the Especially pandemic has come COVID, through yeah. and the increase, we definitely we have seen challenges finding places sometimes and things mm -hmm. like that. But that that's not to say that like a, a campground is necessarily our favorite spot either. Right. We we love being off grid, but we have also stayed with quite a few people and driveway surfing, if you yeah. will. So I think all all any that's sort of the beauty of an rv right you could stay anywhere yeah. and that it doesn't have to be a, a campground <laughs> so well and then it also you know the tiny house movement has been huge too and like people renting out their tiny homes or renting out something else you know everybody's looking for a little bit of supplemental income you know especially with the economy so having an, a way to host campers if you have extra room on your property and especially for people who just you know love the interaction but maybe we've hit, run into so many people who like they wanted to rv but like you know maybe families things or health things have come up where they can't but they still love the social interaction they want people to come to their property come to them so that they can hear the travel stories and things like that so i think that having more camping options besides the traditional campsite is is awesome you know the space has been so exciting the last few years with new technology you know starlink internet and more places to camp like the the world's really opened up and it's an exciting time to be on the road i, I echo those because that's something one of the reasons why we started the companies because we saw you know we saw kind of that problem that tom was talking about where it's just there wasn't there's not a whole lot of places people could go or if you, or if you didn't some people just don't know where to go, right? You get an RV and you're like, okay, now what? And then, so this is, our Carbon Turf was really meant to be a tool for RVers, whether it's, you know, searching for a night stay or we have tools where you could search for, you know, sandy dump locations, dump sites, you know, fresh water, rest stops. I mean, and it's, we try to make it open source. So instead of having, you know, two or three apps some, at times where you have, you know, trying to figure out things like where I'm going to stay for the night, where's the next rest stop. And we try to, we really want to provide it on one platform. I, I appreciate, appreciate you guys. And I appreciate you being on, on the podcast today. It's, it's been actually one of my favorite, you guys have been one of my favorite guests and that's, I guess I could say that with a bias, well, but thank you so much for having us. We but it's really, really been fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really fun. And hopefully we could hopefully do this in the future again. Again, anyone that's listening to the podcast, please go to Tom and Kate. Go to their website. If you go to um, mortonsonthemove.com, they have tons of information. They just recently released their their movie, Go North. It's basically on the series, um, their travels in Alaska. Awesome entertainment, not just entertainment, but you know, as Tom and Kate have been expressing throughout the the podcast they really want to provide information and education to to their audience and that's something i've i've listened to and i appreciate and really you guys have been nothing but ambassadors to the rv community and i really thank you for everything that you guys have done thank you dustin all right thank you
Thanks for listening to The Recurring Plot, presented by Curb and Turf. Curb and Turf works like Airbnb, but we help RVers to find land where they can park when they're traveling. Make more money from your land. Please visit CurbandTurf.com to list your property.